Yeah, he's in an incredible zone right now. I feel like his pace, his change of speed is so good right now. The pick and rolls, he's keeping the defense off kilter so, so well by way of, obviously it's such a threat to shoot it from wherever, but he's getting to that basket and he's making the extra play, the passes for our team. He's just setting, setting an incredible tone for us every night. This is Damian Lillard, and you're listening to The Briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings, Blizzard fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 12 of The Briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall. You were just listening to Chauncey Billups discuss the way that Damian Lillard has been playing, most recently in Wednesday night's victory versus the Spurs in San Antonio. Trailblazers back on the winning side of things after losing 8 of 10. They have now won four of their last five, including their most recent victory, a 128-112 win versus San Antonio Spurs Wednesday night to start yet another six-game road trip. What's more, after barely blowing teams out in their first 20 games, Portland now has back-to-back victories in which they were able to turn the game over to the deep bench thanks to comfortable fourth-quarter leads. And the main reason why is the return of Damian Lillard, which we will discuss at length on this edition of The Briefcase. But before we dig a little bit deeper on the ridiculous run that Damien's been on, let's do a little housekeeping and look at where the Trailblazers stand and some of the stats we'll be tracking all year long here on The Briefcase. After 28 games, Blazers sit in a tie with the Phoenix Suns for fourth in the Western Conference standings with a record of 16 wins and 12 losses. The Blazers are 7-6 and six at home and 9-6 and six on the road this season. Portland is 7th in offensive rating, which is four spots better than the last time we checked, at 114.3 points scored per 100 possessions, which is nearly two points per 100 possessions better than the last time we checked it. That's very good, by the way. They're right below the Pelicans, who are in first place in the Western Conference in 6th in offensive rating, and right above the Mavericks, their next opponent, who is in 8th in offensive rating. And not that it matters too much, but the Lakers have been first in offensive rating in their last seven games and are second in offensive rating in their last 10 games. Long story short, the offense has really come around in the last couple weeks. However, when it comes to their defense, not much of a change. While there have been considerable improvement on the offensive end as of late, the defense has basically remained static for the last month. Portland is currently 23rd in offensive rating at 113.5 points allowed per 100 possessions, which is basically unchanged from the last time we checked, which is basically unchanged from the time before that. So while the offense has come around considerably and is the main reason why they've won four or five, the defense has not made the same improvements, at least statistically. Chauncey Billups, after the game in San Antonio, mentioned that he felt like the team was playing much better defensively, but at least as far as their defensive rating is concerned, not a whole lot of change. But even without changes to their defensive rating, their offensive rating has improved so much that they now rank 15th in net rating, which is the difference between their offensive rating and their defensive rating, which is two spots better than last time we checked in, at plus 0.9. Also, the Blazers have moved into the positive in terms of their point differential, which is a good thing. And if you've been wagering on the Blazers this year, you probably feel pretty good about that as well, as Portland is 19-9 and versus the spread this season and have covered in their last seven games, including in Wednesday night's game versus the Spurs, in which they were favored by seven and ended up winning by 16. Again, I repeat, the Blazers have covered in their last six games. Impressive. So what's changed for the Blazers lately? Well, a couple things. They did just spend 10 days at home after spending the better part of November on the road, which always helps a team. They've been able to get in a few practices as of late in order to address some of the issues they've encountered during their slump. And they had some days off, which allowed the likes of Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, and Drew Eubanks to get a bit healthier, which has certainly played an important role. But while everyone from players to coaches plays a part, the most important variable has been the return of Damian Lillard. Since returning to action after suffering a strain of the soleus muscle in his right leg, the 6'3 guard in his 11th season out of Weber State is averaging 33.8 points on 51% shooting from both the field and from three. 
51% shooting from the field and from three, and 100% shooting from the free throw line to go with 7.3 assists, 3.3 rebounds, and 1.3 steals in 35 minutes per game. Again, since Damien's return, the last five games, shooting better than 50% both from the field and from three, and 100% from the free throw line. He has not missed a free throw since he's returned. Recently, he tied his own franchise record for three-pointers in a game with 11 in Portland's 133-112 victory versus the Timberwolves, and would have almost surely set a new record if he had played more than 29 minutes. Clay Thompson's record of 14 three-pointers in a game could have also been in play in that instance as well, but the Blazers were up, didn't feel like it made sense to put Dame in, he didn't want to go back in, Dame said it would have been thirsty to do so, Chauncey Billups wasn't going to put him back in, so he remained tied at his own record and didn't have a shot at Clay's record. But despite playing less than 30 minutes in that game, Dame still finished with 38 points on 62% shooting from the field and 65% shooting from three to go with three assists and two rebounds. Then Wednesday in San Antonio, Dame went 14 of 23 from the field and 7 of 14 from three for 37 points to go with eight assists, five rebounds, and two steals in 36 minutes. Lillard is in one of those rhythms right now where he is completely controlling the game. Everything he does looks easy. It looks like he's in complete control of everything that's going on on the floor right now. I haven't watched a ton of what's going on around the league lately since the Blazers have played so much recently, and since the holiday season, I'm trying to get some family time in before heading back on the road, but it's hard for me to believe that anyone is playing better right now than Dame, who the folks at the Ringer just claimed is the 18th best player in the NBA, which would be a joke if it was actually funny. So let's go ahead and hear what Dame had to say after the game versus San Antonio about the rhythm he's in, about his teammates, and about how he's played since coming back. I think the most important thing, I just feel fresh, you know. I think just from having a couple of weeks weeks off that wasn't technically off because I wasn't all the way healthy, but I think just the, the entire year, you know, having all that time off, I've been able to, to find a routine and uh, find things that just work for my body, you know, and um, I've been staying true to that, you know. So I, I think I said it over and over to people that coming into the season, you know, they're going to see probably the best, the best version of me that they've seen. And um, <clears throat> I think... The way that our team is playing, uh, the way we're being coached, uh, is just providing an opportunity for me to sustain it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really just me taking care of my body and, you know, having a plan of how I'm going to stay fresh and how I'm going to, you know, be in a position to be successful when I get out there. And I, that's the best way for me to describe it. You know, and a lot of it is, like I said, you know, just Chauncey's um, very clear about what he wants and, you know, what guys' jobs are and what he wants to see them doing. And, um, Everybody's executing it. You know, I know that when Josh is attacking, when Justice is attacking, I know that, you know, they're looking to make the right plays. And I'm getting a lot of opportunities off those guys playing with pace and those guys playing, you know, with the right intentions. And, um, you know, me and Ant playing off of each other. You know, every time I see him, I'm going to make the right play and, you know, get him an easy opportunity. He's doing the same thing. Um, and the same with Jeremy. So um, the fact that those guys have that in mind, I have that in mind. And they're playing well. It just makes it makes it easier for me. You know, got, uh, teams have to address and, and Jeremy. They have to deal with it. They have to help. And I'm getting a lot more just cleaner opportunities where I don't have to work as hard. And when you don't have to kill yourself to get things done, it allows you to get things done, you know, more efficiently. And it, it'll look easier. You know, I don't disconnect from the team. You know, I've been around the guys. I'm in the huddles. I'm at practice. I'm in the locker room. You know, I just I stay connected with the team. And I'm also, you know, seeing what's happening. You know, I'm watching where guys are successful at. I'm watching, you know, how guys are getting into a good rhythm, you know, where they're comfortable at. And I just find ways to insert myself into that and not be disruptive, but also make sure that I'm positioning myself where I can be effective. And, um, you know, I think guys know that I'm, I'm aware of that and I'm not just stepping in there like y'all got to figure it out around me. I'm, um, I'm having their best interest while, you know, finding my way. And, um, 
I think that's why, you know, just when you disconnect from the team, the team doesn't disconnect from you, but it's like subconscious where things move on without you, you know, but I think I've just, I've just stayed present, you know, uh, vocally and physically just, you know, around the team and having things to say and giving directions and calling out what I see and stuff like that. So it's made it seamless, you know, since I've come back. So there you go. Dan's perspective on how he's played since returning, the game versus San Antonio, how he stayed engaged even when he wasn't playing, and how his teammates have helped in this recent five-game stretch in which he's playing just absolutely ridiculous offensive basketball. But as you're probably aware, it's not just recent history that Dame is chasing at this point, as he's now just a few games away, barring anything unforeseen, and I'm going to keep throwing that caveat in there just to be safe, from passing Hall of Famer Clyde Drexler for the all-time franchise scoring record. Lillard now trails Drexler, who scored 18,070 points over the course of 867 career games with the Trailblazers for the top spot in franchise history in scoring. Assuming that nothing catastrophic happens... Lillard, who now has 17,971 points after Wednesday's game in San Antonio, will surpass Drexler's record, which has stood for 27 years, as early as Saturday's game versus the Rockets, but if not on Saturday, then almost surely in one of the two consecutive games versus the Thunder in Oklahoma City. When Lillard does pass Drexler, he'll do so in roughly 140 fewer games and around 3,000 fewer minutes, which speaks to Lillard's efficiency and the rise of the three-point shot in the NBA. So now let's go ahead and hear from Dame himself from some comments he had on Monday after the victory versus the Timberwolves about potentially passing Drexler's record, what it means to him, and why he wishes the team wasn't on the road when it happens. I mean, I, I've thought about it for years, but I never thought about like, all right, what, what, what when it when it actually happens, like, how am I gonna feel? So I don't, I honestly don't know. You know. I think everybody here knows this. You know, it's documented that I, I've always said I want to be the best. You know, I want to to be the guy where when they say who's the best to come through here, you know, I want people to look and say it was Dame, you know, and um, obviously scoring isn't everything, but when you start to get up in these types of numbers, that's a major thing. So, um, and, you know, the the fact that it's Clyde Drexler, you know, the anybody who knows the history of the NBA is going to respect and honor that. So, you know, being a part of one organization for this, this long and, um, you know, being able to sustain this level of success and to, to catch a record like that, um, is it, it means a lot, you know, to be in that position. And once it does happen, I think it'll be um, just a major step in, you know, even further in the direction of being what I want to be, you know, as far as being a, a trailblazer. And, you know, it's a major accomplishment. I wish it was at home. You know, I think it's, it's something that our fans deserve to be a part of, you know, because they've been here. They've seen it happen, you know, every step of the way from my, my first game to that moment. So if I, ha- if I had been able to stay healthy, I think it would have been on perfect track. But, uh you know, it is what it is. So there you go. Damian Lillard on passing Clyde Drexler as the Trailblazers' all-time leading scorer, which will happen sometime in the next couple days. As Dame mentioned, very unlikely it happens at home, and that is a bummer. I covered Damian's pre-draft workout with the Trailblazers in Tualatin 11-plus years ago. Got to be here to see it when he passes Clyde Drexler's record whenever that happens here in the next couple days, assuming nothing catastrophic happens. And when the team does get back to Portland for the game the day after Christmas, assuming that Damian has passed the record at that point, there will be a celebration. So be sure to check that game out day after Christmas versus the Hornets. Tickets still available, I think at least. Maybe not though. It is Christmas. Blazers tickets do make a good Christmas gift. And one more little tidbit, with Damian now at 17,971 points, he is now 79th all-time in NBA history in scoring, in between World Be Free at 17,955 points and Dave Bing at 18,327 points. 
is coming for you, Dave Bing. After that, Glenn Rice, Tracy McGrady, Dolph Shays, Mark Aguirre, Zach Randolph, Bob McAdoo, Isaiah Thomas, Chet Walker, Jason Terry, and Scotty Pippen. All those players are within his sights. Before we wrap up this edition of The Briefcase, let's go ahead and take a quick look at Portland's upcoming schedule. Blazers will play the first game of back-to-back Friday night versus the Mavericks in Dallas, where we're at right now, by the way, before moving on to play the Rockets Saturday night in Houston. After that, it's on to Oklahoma City, where the Blazers will face the Thunder in consecutive games on Monday and Wednesday. Then it's on to Denver for another game versus the Nuggets before heading home to Portland, where the team will arrive early in the morning on Christmas Eve. We'll have a few days off, including on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, before, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, playing the Hornets. A couple more days off, then they travel to Golden State to face the Warriors. Back home, New Year's at home. A rarity for the Blazers over the last couple of years. We're almost always on the road for New Year's. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. We'll be back in a few days to hopefully discuss Dame officially passing Clyde and a few more road wins. But until then, please subscribe to The Briefcase wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. Many thanks. Take care. Talk soon. <laughs>